Hi, I'm Helen and this is Why Mums Don't Jump, busting taboos about leaks and lumps after childbirth. All the stuff that happens to your pelvic floor that no one ever talks about. Incontinence, prolapse, pelvic pain, problems that affect millions of women. One in three. I'm one of them. I have a prolapse. My pelvic organs fell out of place after the birth of my second child. And if you had told me back then that I'd be speaking about this stuff out loud, I would have told you to give your head a wobble. We're back and I am so happy to be able to bring you another series and on International Women's Day no less. You know the deal. We'll have brave and badass women sharing their experiences of pelvic floor problems as well as expert voices to help us on the right track. And these conversations, they do make a difference. I'm still getting messages all the time from women who have struggled to find good information and support, who are isolated because of the stigma that surrounds these conditions. So if that's you, you are not alone. You have found your people. And if you haven't heard the pod before, then welcome. I would really recommend going back and listening from the start where, amongst other things, you'll hear me wanging on about my prolapse and how I've come to terms with it. Um, On that front, everything is ticking over just fine at the moment. I'm still in a sort of on-off relationship with pelvic floor exercises, Uh, not because I want to be, just because I just keep forgetting to do it. Uh, I'm still mostly running a couple of times a week in the local park. I'm doing a bit of Pilates and I'm waiting for a pessary appointment and waiting and waiting. Um, So it's there, the prolapse is there, but it doesn't rule my life in the way that perhaps it sort of once did. Um, So there is hope. Today's episode, I am delighted to say, is sponsored by Modibody, the original period and leak-proof underwear. I came across them a couple of years ago because a side effect of my prolapse is that I can't wear tampons or cups anymore. I'm sure some of you can relate to that. They just don't stay in. And then I heard about period pants and I haven't looked back. Modibody are my absolute go-to. They come in a range of different absorbances, a ton of different colours and shapes, and because they're reusable, they're better for the planet. I recently bought myself a Modi Body swimsuit, which I know sounds crazy, but I tried it on holiday and it was great. And uh, there's even a maternity and postpartum range, which includes leak-proof bras and camis. So if you fancy trying Modi Body for periods or for leaks, you can use the discount code WMDJ15 to get yourself 15% off. Thanks to Modi Body for sponsoring today's episode. Let's get into it. Karina White is a broadcaster, a cultural commentator. She's also one of the hosts of the podcast Black Mums Up Front, which, if you haven't heard it, is brilliant. It's just loads of honest and sometimes hilarious chat about motherhood and life, and they don't shy away from difficult subjects. In one of the episodes, I heard Karina speak about how she's been dealing with incontinence for years. And well, you know me, I tracked her down. So you're having all this great chat, and then you just sort of piped up that um actually you know incontinence has been has been a thing for you yeah. Were, yeah. were you planning on bringing it up at that point have you, have you mentioned no, it before or literally we just end up talking like it's so weird because people say oh like you know do you have like a script or a plan about what you're going to talk about and it's like nah just sometimes something might come to our come to our mind and we're like oh I'm just gonna say that and um Sometimes it's like, oh, I can't believe I said that. But I think um, because of kind of what we're about and 
we want to keep conversations going and have those com- those really important conversations that sometimes you n- you don't want to necessarily have for whatever reason it's really important to kind of be the one that 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 kickstarts that conversation so yeah no it was it wasn't planned at all but um yeah that's just that's just typical us really <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And then anytime I hear that happen, I'm just like, yes, and can yeah. I, I need to speak to that person. So thank you so much for doing that. I really no, appreciate it. No, that's fine. It. No problem at all. Um, going right back to the beginning with it all, like th- this started after your daughter was born, Im- yeah. like immediately after, right? T- tell me a bit about what happened. Yeah, so I had my daughter and um, I was really lucky because she came so quickly. I didn't have any pain relief, anything. So I was like, hello, like, I need my pain relief. Like, please give me gas and air, something. They were like, oh no, you're too far along. Like, it's just time to push now. And I'm like, what? But yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any pain relief and she came so quickly, um, but I did tear. So I had, um, I think they call them second degree tears. Um, so it was like, I didn't want to use the toilet. Like I was literally like sat on the toilet um, going wee and like pouring water down there to try and like soothe the burn and like running a bath and sitting in it. And um, it w- I noticed that I couldn't hold the wee. So I didn't want to go toilet because I knew it was going to hurt, but I couldn't hold it either. Like I would feel it starting to trickle out. And I was like, what? And I think that was probably the first time that I noticed that actually, yeah, like I've got a really weak bladder now. Like I can't hold my wean anymore. And as the years have gone on, it's got like progressively worse and probably more and more and more and more and more embarrassing as well and it's like a running joke now amongst my friends like when we go out partying or something like that they're like Karina have you like literally they'll I'm like a child still like Karina have you used the toilet before we leave the house have you used the toilet and it's like having to it, it kind of um as much as I laugh about it it does really affect kind of my social well-being because if we're going out on a night out right everyone will be in in the taxi or in the car or whatever drinking on the way and I have to calculate in my mind how far is the journey being Mm -hmm. in the car because if I sit in the car and drink I will not make it to the toilet right and um, I can't hold it or if we're like you know out and about summer I remember one time I was at my friend's house and um her daughter was on the trampoline and jumping up and down I'm such a big kid right Helen like a massive kid so I was like right yeah you know at my big age like past 35 I was like right I'm getting on the on the on the trampoline and I went on and I did one jump came back down and I was like yep nope not for me because I could literally <laughs> feel the wee coming out I was oh like yeah guys no sorry we I've got to go inside and so yeah it's um it definitely I definitely noticed it after having my daughter and and um <clears throat> yeah, you were so just... young then as well I mean yeah. that's 12 years ago you were what like early 20s or something yeah so um I'm 36 37 although because we've been in the pandemic for two years I keep saying to everyone when this pandemic oh we don't over, count that I'm, yeah yeah, yeah. We, we, we rewind don't count that. Yeah. so <laughs> technically I'm approaching 35 that's uh-huh. my, that's mm-hmm. my yeah. pre-pandemic good, good. age and that's what I'm sticking to um so yeah I was like um 25 when I had my daughter um just turning just turned 25 when I had my daughter so yeah still quite relatively 
relatively young and so to have to deal with that it's it's kind of like oh this is so irritating and you know I've done all the pelvic floors and everyone says do the pelvic floor exercises and you know tighten back up your muscles and I'm like guys I've tried that like literally I've tried that and it's just it's so frustrating because people say just tighten your muscles you know do your pelvic floors like that works for everyone it doesn't work for everyone um and I think I have it quite extreme and it can take over your life and it can be quite demoralizing it can be you know um I know it sounds dramatic and I am a very dramatic person, but it it is quite heart wrenching sometimes that, you know, there's been times where I've been out and it's like, right, I need to go to the toilet and straight away I need to go and um, I can't hold it. And, you know, it it just takes away from you being able to have fun when you're out and about. So even so I'm I'm Jamaican, right? Going to carnival is a big thing for me. Um, I can't go to carnival anymore because in my mind I have to think, oh, when am I going to be able to use the toilet? I need to, I'm going to want to use the toilet. And I think I've been probably um, once or twice in the last 10 years. And a big part of that is because I'm like, how am I going to use the toilet? Or going to like a festival. I'm like, okay, if I go to a festival, I'm going to have to get like VIP tickets or something like that. So there's like, you know, loads and not so many people needing to use the toilet. So I'm not going to have to um, queue up. So it's all of these things. And it's, yeah, it's so irritating. So, so irritating. Karina, that doesn't sound dramatic at all. I think it is heart-wrenching. And I'm like, wherever you are on on the spectrum, whether it's just like an occasional accident or something like really debilitating, the fact that it's just ever-present, it's just always there. Like you say, you have to, in some situations, just rethink your whole life around it. And that does matter. Like, if you love carnival and you're not going, that's massive. Like, that's, that's having a huge impact on your life, actually. And for 12 yeah. years as well, right? <laughs> yeah, 12 years, 12 years in counting. And, you know, it's um, it's so funny because I've been like researching because I go to the doctors about it and, you know, they give you the leaflets and tell you to do the pelvic floor exercises. And then they tell you, OK, you've tried that. It's not working. Fine. Go and they give you like like the sheet with the measurements on it and you're meant to like measure how how much we you're passing throughout the day and stuff okay, like that. Okay, the bladder and, diary. Yeah, that's it, the bladder diary. So I've done all of that. And then I remember one year I was um where I was working I had private health insurance and so I got referred privately and um they did like the ultrasound and everything and I got given these tablets to um try and like take away that urge um for when you want to you know use the toilet and they didn't work at all tablets did not work at all so I was like okay fine that's not working what next and it kind of was like well we don't really have any anything else and I'm like well I'm not going to live with this for like the rest of my life this is ridiculous like it's Mm -hmm. it's absolutely ridiculous and um so I kind of left it for a while and then pre-pandemic um I said look this is ridiculous now like I need to be referred to a specialist So, so I went back to my GP they referred me then the pandemic happened and it's only having obviously we know what you know NHS services were like right at the beginning of the pandemic so it was me constantly chasing guys has this referral gone through has this referral gone through then the pandemic hit properly in like March 2020 
so we went through the whole of 2020. I kind of left it because I was like, right, we're, we're, in a, we're in a global pandemic, right? So I'll, I'll let you guys off. So at the beginning of this year, I was like chasing my doctor again, like what's happening with this referral? What's happening with this referral? Got to the summer, chased them again. And it's only a couple of months ago that I got a letter through with the referral. So bearing in mind, I went back to my GP in like October-ish 2019 we're now in 2021 mm-hmm. so I finally got a referral letter from the hospital saying yep I've got an appointment in March 2022 okay okay <laughs> so I'm like okay we're getting somewhere we're, we're getting somewhere after two and a half years we're getting somewhere um so I was like my god like I can't wait that long that's like six seven months like this is ridiculous so went back to kind of my private health insurance which I've taken out separately, but because it was a pre-existing condition, I can't be referred privately. So I was like, fine. So I spoke to um, one of the private GPs and I said to them, look, I can't wait until March 2022. Like, this is ridiculous now. It's getting to a point where like my bladder is so weak if I'm out on it, there was a a time I was out on a night out and um, I was like, oh my God, I need to use the toilet. And it was just coming and I was like I've got to go home like I was starting to feel so depressed that this whole kind of um weak bladder and incontinence was like taking over my whole life so um the private GP was like you know we don't normally give tablets without because this is on on the apps right the, the the GP apps that you can have on your phone and they were like you know we don't normally um prescribe without seeing the patient so I was like seriously this is taking over my life so they gave me some tablets and were like you need to go and see your normal GP in four weeks just in case it's causing you know like urine retention or whatever Mm -hmm. like we just need you to go and get checked out the tablets haven't worked at all so I've kind of just left that I haven't been back to see my GP but I'm literally counting down the days to my hospital referral because I think the reason why it's so important for me to talk about it is because at first I was really embarrassed, like super embarrassed about it. And then it became like a running joke amongst my friends. But then my friends that have had kids, they're like, oh my God, me too. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Like, I can't hold that wee when I need to go toilet. I need Mm -hmm. to go toilet. And I was like, wow, this is amazing because it's clearly something that a lot of mums or a lot of women who have been through childbirth experience post-childbirth but no one's talking about it and actually if it's happening to everyone what is there to be or the majority of people what is there to be embarrassed about right like normally we're about embarrassed about things that don't affect the majority but if actually this is something that is affecting the majority, it's not really something that we should be embarrassed about. Like it's something that actually we should talk about more so people know that actually it's okay. Like that's that's normal. But also I remember um speaking to somebody about it and she was saying yeah no it's not something that you should just have to live with it's not something you should have to live with and if you're doing your pelvic floor exercises and it's not working go and see your GP like that's not something that you should just have to deal with or should just become a part of your your day-to-day life and so yeah it's that's that's where we're at at the moment It is. It is like this, though. You're absolutely right. And that's exactly my motivation for doing this as well, because I just think 
Um, so I've got I've got two children. I've got a daughter who's nearly nine and a son who's nearly seven. And I think about my daughter in particular. If she grows up and, and goes on to be a mom, if that's a route that she goes down, I would hate for something like this to happen to her and for her to feel as isolated and confused and not knowing where to go for help. And this is just how it is now and we have to all just put up with it. All of those feelings that so many people tell me about all the time, like it, I don't want that for her. We need to just start talking about this because once you can do that, you just go, right, well, I'll just treat it like I would treat any other medical condition. I'll go to the doctor. We'll try this. If that doesn't work, uh, we'll try something else. You know, physio is an option for a lot of people. I know, like, when we spoke last time, that's not something that had even has even really been no. talked about with you, has no, it? No, I haven't, haven't. They haven't spoken to me about physio or anything. I think doing my research, I saw that you can get like Botox injections in your bladder, which helps the bladder muscles. And I was like, oh, okay, that's definitely something that I'm going to have to talk to my consultant when I do go to my referral. And I think when we spoke as well, you were saying about physio. So it's all of these things that, you know, you either find out from doing your own research or you find out from talking to other people about it, which you can then arm yourself with that knowledge yeah. and go into that appointment with your GP or if you've been referred to um, the hospital and say well actually can we try these things as well because like I said I tried the tablets previously they didn't work and it kind of was like okay there's nothing else we can do and it's like no actually there is stuff that you can do but because I hadn't done my own research at that point or had this conversation I wasn't aware of the other alternatives but now that I am I feel more empowered to actually really advocate for my own treatment and say well actually we need to try xyz before you say there's nothing else that can be done that's exactly it so how are you feeling about it all right now then so you've got this appointment coming down the road in March although that is away away and there's so much uncertainty yeah. still so like where where are you at with it all I will be very disappointed if that appointment gets moved like super disappointed and I know that you know it in the grand scheme of things there's other more pressing priorities um you know if it, if it does get cancelled for whatever reason but I think at the moment I'm I'm still at that point where, you know, I have to use the toilet before I leave the house and be wary about how much I drink when I'm out and about. It's all about pre-planning and I'm not the most organised person at all. So <laughs> that take, I think that takes a lot. It's shown a lot of growth with me, actually, that I've been able to, you know, pre-plan my toilet breaks. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment and kind of what I'm having to do to... Um, temporarily solve the problem or manage the problem until I, I get I get that referral mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> I was thinking I bet your friends were like I know it was must have been horrible for you being quite young and a mum and having these issues and sharing it with your friends and they're all kind of laughing and making a joke of it because that's what we do just to kind of get through things but then that realization for them when they became mums and they were like oh right Karina we get it now but at least they had you like you'd already gone out there and spoken about it and I think that must that must have made quite a big difference for them yeah I think it's like I said it's one of those things the more that we talk about things and the more we talk about things that affect us as mums as women as individuals it takes away those barriers right for people to start normalizing the conversations and normalizing the things that happen to us through the realm of childbirth or once we've had a child so for my for my a lot of my friends 
just because of the way that we are and the nature of the way that we are as well it, it's quite easy to have those conversations and to laugh about it and whatever and they're they're also so understanding I remember went out with one of my friends and she literally was like bursting to use the toilet right she also had quite a bit to drink and she leaked a little bit before she got to the toilet and literally we were all standing like walking behind her and stuff like Aww. that like to like shadow her <laughs> and whatever and it was like right okay um we're gonna you stay in the toilet we're going to go and get your jacket so we can put your jacket over you but actually maybe before we do that you stay in the toilet take off your jeans pass them over and we'll dry them on the dry you know it's (laughs) we talk about kind of sisterhood and friendship and what it means but it's you know when you look at things like that and I think back on things like that I laugh not because it's a joke but I laugh because we talk about sisterhood and we talk about friendship in the realms of supporting each other and yeah. you know being there for each other but we when you're a mum that opens up an, a whole nother world as to what it means to support your friends or you yeah. know to, to, to have that sisterhood and that village around you and you know we just do what's got to be done in, in yeah. those instances so and that yeah. gives you so much strength that knowing that you're not alone and being part of that community and okay they they get it they get it we can yeah. we can they, work yeah, through this understand. together yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering, is there anything that would have helped you sooner, do you think? Because it's been such a long time. I think just help. I think just knowing that that was an issue, that that could be an issue. Like I said, like everyone was just like, oh, weak bladder after childbirth. I'll just do your pelvic floor exercises. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm not doing them right. Or maybe I'm not doing it enough because this isn't fixing the problem. So I think just knowing early on that actually just doing your pelvic floor exercises doesn't fix it for some people and it's okay to say actually I need to go to the doctors about this it's not something that you have to live with I think for a very long time the narrative that was put to me was you just have to put up with it put up or shut up Mm -hmm. and that's not true um you don't have to to live with it you know there are treatments and things that can be done to help you manage it or to cure it in a sense so yeah I think just knowing uh, just knowing early on that actually it's okay not to be okay and that you can go to the doctors about it um maybe I probably would have gone a lot earlier and a lot sooner than you know when my daughter was eight nine <laughs> yeah mind you you don't have any time before then you don't have any time to think about anything you put yourself to the bottom of the list don't you like I've got to do everything else first it's true so true so true but yeah I definitely think if there's anybody listening and they're thinking actually yeah I'm going through the same thing just go and see your GP and don't let them tell you that there's nothing that can be done because there's so many different things that can be done I could not have put it better myself. The hospital appointment Karina spoke about is happening this week, so fingers crossed for that. Um, I I really enjoyed that chat and I hope you did too. Black Mums Up Front is exactly how it's written on Instagram, at Black Mums Up Front. Uh, As ever, none of this is intended as medical advice, so please do seek out your own support. Next week, the M word, menopause, perimenopause, it's gonna happen. So what does it mean for those of us with pelvic floor problems? In the meantime, please, please, please help to share the podcast. It's kind of the only way it's getting out there. Tell a friend, spam a WhatsApp group, post on social media, write a review wherever you can. It all helps to spread the word. You can support the podcast on buymeacoffee.com forward slash why mums don't jump. 
and it can be completely anonymous if you prefer. And you can find me on social at whymums don't jump or online at whymumsdontjump.com. Bye for now. Thank you.